0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the 15 Minutes of Football podcast in association with Transfer News Central with a big, big, big focus on the European Championships. Jordan's here. Hello, Euro 2020 we're focusing on. Yeah, well repeated. So we're going to strip back everything, strap yourselves in, belt up, and let's get ready for four topics of Euro 2020. And it's been quite an eventful tournament so far. Crazy. As a disclaimer, as I should always say, each topic will be discussed in approximately 15 minutes, may go slightly over. That's life. But generally speaking, you'll have about 15 minutes worth of content with each of the four topics. And they are, as follows, the Ericsson debacle. And that was a crazy, upsetting, disturbing, horrific moment on the footballing pitch. Uh, We'll dissect that in a little bit more detail and what exactly it means, uh, maybe in terms of just just the longer, uh, wider impacts of that whole incident. Then we'll look at England, of course. Great, great victory. First out, they've won the first match of a European Championships. I should add. Um, so that's a really good uh, result for Gareth Southgate. We'll dissect that in a bit more detail. Then we're going to look at the wider Euros. We're going to look at five hots and five nots. Uh, essentially, five things that have been really hot in this tournament, five things that have really been not so hot in this tournament. In other words, rather cold. But first, we'll go back and on... it was saturday wasn't it saturday saturday evening evening, denmark finland um well it, 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 it was incredible really um what happened on the pitch as i touched on before really uh all kinds of emotions first confusion as to what's happened then shock horror became very disturbing very quickly uh not just for but well, for everyone really involved—the fans in the stadium, the viewers on the on the who were watching on the BBC, or even around the world—the commentators who were commentators of the events, the players, um, everyone really involved watching that game. They just didn't know what to do, what to say, what to think. It looked at one point like a footballer, a very high-profile footballer who's played in the Premier League for Tottenham Hotspur, Christian Eriksen plays, has played. I uh, made th- quite a, num- a number of appearances and, and been a, been an important figure in Antonio Conte's winning Inter Milan seat team, uh, Scudetto winning Inter Milan team, should I say. Um, and it looked at one point like he was going to die. So it was, I mean, it brought back echoes of the Fabrice milamba scenario many years ago. And, and quite frankly, it was... Um, just generally from a, from a personal emotion, from a raw emotion perspective, it was horrifying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually didn't see the game; I was out during that match. But I, you messaged me, didn't you? And uh, I think you you made it very clear to me just how serious it looked. And obviously, at that point, I was trying to kind of look on social media and see what I could see what I could deduce myself and see what was happening. And yeah, it really was a scary, a scary few moments for everyone that had seen it. And I think particularly the players. It seemed uh, it really affected a lot of them, didn't it? Hmm. Uh, And and that's kind of one of the one of the things we're going to question is why they were they were made to play so soon
1: after this incident occurred. We can touch Uh, on that. Not well, probably in this topic actually. Yeah, maybe in both. Yeah, maybe in both. Um, But yeah, from a raw emotions point of view, it was truly like incredible. Um, Everyone was unified. One of the most touching things I think from the whole incident was how unified everyone was, every football fan, every punter, every political viewer, Um, you know, we've had a lot of controversy rightly or wrongly with, with certain things like taking the knee, for example, where for some reason there's been a division um, amongst people, particularly in the UK, but with a scenario like this, not even, I don't think there could be any division. I mean, it was so, unanimous in the heartwarming gestures to ericsson and it was so lovely to see that everyone was so willing and so so was fighting for him off the field in many ways and when the player was escorted away and he was on a stretcher and going to hospital um, the Denmark fans and the Finland fans—I uh, I think it was the Denmark fans. with The Finland fans were shouting Christian all the other way around, and then the other fans yeah. were shouting Ericsson Christian. Ericsson—something you see a lot in Serie A, actually, with goal scorers. And it's quite a quite a—and um, the Bundesliga as well. Yep, in, in many in many European leagues, it's quite a, an effective, um, I suppose, uh, method of, of of raising the level of a chant and raising the the effect of it and. And it, but it was so powerful there. It, it almost brings a yeah, to you, the eye. You don't often see it with opposition fans,
0: obviously. And it, it reminds reminded me a lot of, actually, the Fabrice Mohamba one, because I, I think it was against Tottenham, wasn't it? Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah, FA wasn't it? Fans, yeah, even Tottenham fans, everyone that was involved, all the fans were, were chanting Fabrice Mwamba's name. And it was the same with Ericsson, yeah, yeah. It is lovely to see that even, even opposition fans kind of do all rally together when it is something so serious because mm. uh, I mean you will see a lot of the time fans will, if a player goes down they might start screaming hurling abuse at him but, mm. but in that scenario when when you know how just how serious it is it's nice to see that they do come together
1: yeah yeah I mean it's been as I say it, it has been it's even more touching like I say when there's times of division and people just want division for the second division and um, you know in an era of social media in an era where everything's questioned uh, again uh you know, we we see it. We see it even on the field. With as I said, and I, and I do touch on things like BLM and think, why, you know, is that such an issue for certain people uh, in terms of in terms of the symbol that it that it offers in terms of equality? Um, but when the life of a, of, a, of a person is at stake like that, like you say, not one message of abuse or mockery. And you shouldn't expect it, but honestly, you do in a way because yeah, in this in this in this day and age, you
0: kind of do expect it, don't you? Because you you know just how low some people sink for yep. a few retweets, for a few, for a few likes on Twitter, just for a little bit of attention. Sometimes it, and uh, yeah, as you say, there was there was none, was there?
1: Mm. And yeah, and what what was so. Again, everyone, everyone, and I mean everyone watching, everyone seeing this live, everyone reacting to the events, the, the reaction was so uh, powerful. And what was brilliant as well was so not too long after the whole incident with the... And what I should say before we get to this is uh, credit Anthony Taylor for reacting to the situation quickly, the, the referee. Very, very quickly. Credit to the medics for actually reviving a person who was going to die Mm-hmm. um credit to casper schmeichel for containing the situation actually consoling erickson's wife who again cure as well Kiar, who again yeah Kiar, who turned erickson on his side made sure he didn't swallow his tongue and began cpr yeah. without that intervention who knows whether he would have made it because of course the medics took over after that but again it was such a quick thing to do and his, his life was on the line, so everything, everything was super quick, super efficient, and they did absolutely. Everyone involved, it, it was absolutely remarkable. And they, you know, the Denmark team could well be on the five huts. They, they're not going to be because it's beyond anything. It, it, it's it transcends the European Championships, as far as I'm concerned. Every oh, everything that they did. Uh, everything that the medics did, everything that the officials did, everything that the fans did, everything that everybody contributed was absolutely fantastic. Um, and 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 the best thing, of course, the best thing was that Christian Ericsson did actually come out of this, um, you know, with uh, with his life still intact, and it was mm-hmm. abs- and that was remarkable. Because I honestly, when I messaged you, I thought he died. So yeah. I, it, it, I think a lot of people, his wife, I think, thought he died. And uh, she looked devastated, distraught. Casper Schmeichel hugging her, consoling her. He's been through so much. And he still manages to be the man who takes who tries to take responsibility, tries to take control, tries to tries to, I suppose, help others before he's even helping himself. And it's just it, it's absolutely fantastic. And also, lastly, with the camera people, now again, these situations happen so briefly. So again, it's it's easier said yeah. than done. Uh, decision to say, making yeah. in like the tiniest
0: response time, isn't it? And it, I feel like a lot of people sometimes don't give credit where it's due to some people uh, for for how fast they respond to certain things. Obviously, there were I think there was a lot of people questioning the the cameras panning yep. to his wife, which is rightly so that yep. should never have happened. There's clearly someone that's made that decision to yep. do that. But generally speaking, I think they they did quite well with taking the cameras off him, cutting
1: back to the studio. Well, it took a while for that. I mean, actually, social media was so angry with it. It took a lot. It took maybe 20, 25 minutes before they actually did that. Uh, yeah, with the. Well, with the say, I didn't see it live. I just, no. I just
0: kind of saw from social media. So. Yeah.
1: Um, but I was going to say, in his defense or whoever's defense, I guess because such situations are rare and rarely happen, as a cameraman he's probably never had that experience, that training, what does he do? Uh, in that situation now i'm not even i'm not going to condone what he did like you say zooming in on the wife respect the privacy zooming zooming in on the on the situation as the defibrillator's out and is not moving again it's it's distressing it's disturbing and the viewers are absolutely sick sickened so again you think this is disgusting what's the cameraman doing camera camera woman what are they doing but i suppose the situation is so unique in the sense and they may be getting orders from from a director oh absolutely so be, yes. absolutely it's, it's be. difficult to throw all the blame towards the camera person it's also uh worth noting that really the feed should have been cut by maybe 15 20 minutes earlier by the bbc because some of those scenes were incredibly distressing they really did yeah
0: um that's, yeah i think that's the big takeaway that a lot of people had watching it was that they could have cut back to the, to the bbc could earlier have cut to Themselves earlier
1: yeah yeah because I think they were, take, they might have been taking world feed images. So I'm not 100 percent sure, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah they, I think they will have been. But of course, Christian Eriksen coming out the other side. And another thing as well, we talked. I've talked about all the people that were were in solidarity and support the footballers as well. Romelu Lukaku, I love you, Chris. Uh, Chris, I love you. Really emotional. I mean, son as well. From I mean, son. created did the same thing. Uh, Harry Kane tweeted his tweeted his support. Other people tweeted their support. To really touching brings a tear. It does. It made me very emotional, everything that happened, uh, in you know, in his um in 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 support of him. And I'm sure he was touched by that as well. And and we believe Christine Eriksson's stable in hospital. He actually sent WhatsApp messages to into Milan and to to uh to, to Denmark as well. Um so that's really, really good. How what comes on after that is, an, is another question altogether. Um it's moving on slightly from this, but still on the same topic. Uh, the whole decision, I suppose you touched on it slightly before, of UEFA giving them an option. Peter Schmeichel, Casper uh, Schmeichel's father, uh, obviously famous Denmark goalkeeper as well, he said that UEFA basically gave them an ultimatum, which was play the game at half past seven like they did, play the game the day after at midday, or forfeit the match. Yeah. Which is, which is shocking, really. Uh, and it also just... It shows the way, and it's a two-pronged question. Uh, things like this, this issue, where he, he looks completely bereft of energy, he's gone down. People have argued that, not that this was def- definitely the cause, but when you get footballers to play almost 12, 13 months without proper rest, cram everything into a schedule, um, you know have a major tournament again, on the back of that, Scrammed season, which was on the back of that crammed restart, without really much, much um, space between. Then they aren't robots. Essentially, they are people, regardless of how much they get paid. They are athletes, but people as well. They 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 can't. They will burn out. And whether or not this is related to that, we'll have to leave that to the doctors, I suppose, to see. But it's certainly something to think about, isn't it? The welfare of footballers, because again, even with the decision of of, of restarting that game, that was, that didn't help. That wasn't for the mental well being of the players, because the, clearly, physical and mental well being of the players has gone out of the window.
0: Absolutely. Well, Kaur had to be subbed off, didn't he, because of how how it had mentally affected him. It was clearly still affecting him, affecting his performance, because oh, he's just seen one, one of his best friends and, and colleagues. At, one of his former pros, just go down like that. And and he didn't know at that point. Well, actually, no, they 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 were aware that he was awake and reacting, but they didn't know he was going to be perfectly OK. It, it struck me as a very rash decision by UEFA to, to even allow them to play so, so close to it. That
1: but in fairness, what are UEFA thinking about? Are they thinking about player welfare or are they thinking Absolutely about tournament not. welfare?
0: Is it tournament welfare or is it the opportunity to get money? That's tournament welfare, isn't it? Above all, it's tournament welfare. It's tournament welfare. Yeah, it's maximizing no, It's not it? for, that's not for the good of the tournament. That's for the good of their wallet, really, isn't it? Whose tournament is it? Yeah, but it's not. As I say, it's not welfare of the I, tournament. Well, it, uh, it's welfare uh, of their wallet.
1: Yeah, I, I, I sort of think. I, I think it sort of goes in tandem, really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even with the goal as well, even with the even with the Finland goal, uh, Schmeichel, you know, really culpable, and you just think he would have got down to that header. It was very central. Yeah. It was. The defending was very static. Denmark were a very good de- team defensively. It was all very one-dimensional, de- and we can't criticise because they shouldn't have been there.
0: Yeah, I, and I actually saw some people on Twitter complaining the, about the fact they have got Scott a penalty and it got saved. But as a Finland player, you're not going to you're not going to drop your performance, are you? Uh, it's, it's, it's such a difficult scenario, and it is just so so close to the, the what has happened. And Far too close, and I think even if it was the next day, that would be too close as well.
1: I personally think the turnover between this and the new Premier League season is too short as well. I mean, what is it? Four weeks yeah, between be the right.
0: final and the Premier League? Why not it's make it, just, it six? Particularly when they we're having more midweek games. They're they're looking at restructuring the Champions League to add more games in. It's just all and too So the, the
1: Christmas World Cup next year, yeah,
0: yeah, under immense heats. Even though it is when it is, it's just they do need to start considering player welfare a lot more. Otherwise th- this kind of thing is, is a lot more is likely to happen a lot more often.
1: On to the were, of course, there was of course football this weekend and it does seem trivial to talk about that now, but we will do uh, because of course the tournament does carry on. The tournament doesn't stop as we, you know, it, it, in many ways heartless g- given the, uh, given the situation, but it does carry on. It does still act for uh as a source of entertainment for all the fans for everyone and we are still really enjoying it i suppose and as england fans and as england watchers we well we we enjoyed england's first victory in a first european championship match i got it right this time in a first european (laughs) championship match england's first victory which is quite a remarkable statistic really today i was asking people uh what they thought of the England form was everyone said rubbish which i thought was a bit harsh i thought uh, it was actually quite uh, qu- i was quite quite impressed to be honest um general thoughts
0: well we got a leaked lineup really early on yes. sunday morning didn't we and yeah. i think most people were quite shocked at that lineup and a lot of people were unhappy with that lineup i think that the big surprise was kind of kieran trippier at a mm. left back i mean a lot of people expecting tyro Mings to play that was a little bit of a disappointment um we're hopefully going to have uh, Harry Maguire fifth in its set of matches. Yeah, I, I think Kieran Trippier at left back was the big surprise. But other than that, I was quite happy with the team personally. And and I mean, he's such an experienced player. He's very capable on the ball. So there's no real kind of complaints, at least from my end, that he was playing. Hmm. Maybe maybe I'd I would have put Shore in ahead of
1: him, but it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. Chilwell as well, of course. Uh, two two left, left backs. Back. Yeah, not even no San no Sancho either, but. Southgate, big game. Croatia obviously beat England in the last uh, in in the in their final World Cup match of twenty eight. No, penultimate World Cup match of twenty eighteen. Of course, went lost them third place, but after Belgium, then. But that's less mm-hmm. remembered, I suppose. You say that was the only big call. I think there were four big calls, really. Um, of course, Trippier was a big call because he was at left back. He doesn't play left back for Atletico Madrid. He doesn't really play left back for any of his clubs. He's only played left back for England, for Gary Southgate. That was in the previous World Cup qualifiers uh, against Poland and maybe Albania. I, yeah, don't quote me on that, but I think definitely against Poland. And that was filling in, I think, at the time, because I don't think at the time, uh, for whatever reason, England had the left backs available. But now they did. I suppose that was a bit of a surprise, given you've got two natural left footers, both of whom have had outstanding seasons for their clubs. Yeah, so that really
0: came out of the blue. It was a strange decision, but he's won the match. I think that's one of those decisions yeah. that had they not won the match, it would have really come back to bite him.
1: Well, yeah, I think, I think the reason he, he talked about it, and it did kind of work, Um for starters, I think, obviously, he's more international tournament experience, and he's put him on that side because Mings doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. So it's to give a bit of assurance uh to that. And also, uh the Atletico right-back, I believe, his his com his competitor is also the the, yeah is also the Croatia right back. So again, to have Trippier on the pitch, he kind of knows because he's going to be attacking. He's attacking obviously down Trippier's side, and Trippier kind of knows him from his time at, at Atletico, of course. So maybe there's a bit of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and generally, it paid off. You know, again, it looked it was it, it it was a that was the biggest move, and I think that paid off massively. Really, because the defence looked really, really assured. Mings looked really, really good. Mings was another one being questioned. Looked really, really solid. Dealt with every ball into the box. Calm on the ball. Uh, we, of course, know that Tyrone Mings struggles against pace and he didn't really have much to deal with. So, he, And he did really well. And him and Trippier seemed to have that side down to a tee. Um, other two ones, that I, so I said four big ones. Raheem Sterling, that was a big one
0: because people wanted Grealish. For me personally, I wanted Sterling to start just because I think he's, he's such a great player, obviously people people have suggested maybe not because of his form, but if you look at him as a player, I think it's no real big surprise that he starts. But no, yeah, Grealish maybe on the left side mm. uh, with Sterling on the right could have been an option. So really, I think the big the big kind of question for Southgate was: is he going to play Foden or Grealish? Because mm. they're kind of the more similar player, aren't they?
1: Mm. But a lot of, a lot of lineups before they were all. Foden-Grealish Mount, Foden-Grealish Mount. And obviously Sterling offers something a bit different. He's faster. He's more He's going more in behind. running behind, isn't it? Yeah. Which I think is the, the key thing that Southgate wanted. And that got the goal, of course. So he scored the goal. He played quite well across the game. Every one of the players played quite well. The fourth one was man of the match for me and for many, Calvin Phillips. Now, Calvin Phillips was really interesting because when you look at the team it looks like a 4231 with Phillips and Rice like it had been played in the qualifiers that's basically how it was played but in this game he was playing like an advanced number 8 in a 433 just like Mount was and he was pushing high up tackling high up playing the ball effectively in forward areas and he was outstanding and it was it was quite a contrast to his performance performances under Bielsa where he's sitting in front of the back three and anchor is Declan Rice who was the anchor Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it worked really well because, obviously, Croatia's midfield, you've got Brozovic, Kovacic and Modric. And Modric is obviously very good on the ball, but Kovacic and Brozovic, they're they are bulldozers, they're warriors, they're hard men. And Calvin Phillips is a hard man. hes a, He will get rough and he will get tough and he will um, fight for every lost ball. And to do that in a slightly more advanced position, I think it worked really well. I think it he helped England to control that midfield. Um, Obviously, with Rice in in behind covering him, he knew that he had an effective defensive midfielder who could sweep up if the ball got passed. And Mount, of course, did really well as well as an eight in that position as well. Now, I think that sometimes it did go back to a 4-2 with a double pivot, uh, when England were less fresh-intentioned. And it was a very hot day, I think, at Wembley, it was 28 degrees, so they couldn't do it for the whole game. But Phillips, outstanding, because I think a lot were questioning that. You got Bellingham, you got Henderson. There is no way that Phillips cannot start the next game and cannot be on that England team sheet. When you're playing a bigger team, you want someone to do that dog work, doggy work. You want someone who's able oh, to pass a ball. And I think yeah. it's just you in. I think. Well, I think it it really does work well with him and
0: and Rice in that dynamic because Rice is also pretty good going forwards. Uh, obviously, Calvin Phillips, as you mentioned, did well. He got the assist for this for the goal as well. Uh, but Rice is also good going forward. So what you've got with having Phillips in that number eight position that you maybe don't get from the, the other players, the other, the other options we have, is the fact that if Rice does get forward, Phillips can drop into that role. So, mm-hmm. so there's a little bit more fluidity amongst that uh, with Phillips there. And I agree. I hope he does start in the next match. I think alongside that, you mentioned that the, the, the Croatian midfield is particularly strong and I think that his ability to press is above that of any other player, in even in the England team. Mm-hmm. And and that's a lot of that is down to Bielsa and the, the way that Leeds play. I, I, I can imagine that if you play a lot of murder ball under Bielsa, you, you're going to turn into a pretty good pressure.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the press stats are off the charts. Most sprints, uh, average yeah. uh, and, and, and further sprints, a lead by a mile. You know, you see a, there's a graph by the Athletic and they are miles ahead of everyone else. It, it's scary. It looks like it's a fake graph, but it's not. It's real.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a bit like the, uh, the top right messies that you sometimes see. Where Messi's always in the top right. Lee's are always in the top right for these stats.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. Um, and, and it was a masterstroke really, because I think that again, there were, there were a lot of, there are there's obviously there's the natural left backs, so the obvious alternative to Trippier. And then you've got Ben White, who's the sexier alternative to Tyrone Mings. And you've got <laughs> it's a lovely time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got Jude Bellingham, who's the sexier alternative to Calvin Phillips because he just—he he literally has burst onto the scene. I know that's become a bit of a meme now, but he has only at 17 and he's playing week in, week out for Dortmund and he's bossed yeah, it in an English. Tremendously show. talented. I hope we do see a little
0: bit more of him.
1: Uh-huh. And then Sterling, of course, not been playing regularly for City for a number of months now. So there, were, the, there was calls for all of them. They were all very much. I mean, some of them weren't even 50-50 calls. Some of them. We did a lot of left back one. No one, no one but Southgate. Oh, no one, no one does <laughs> that. But it worked smashing, it worked brilliantly well. And like Gary Neville said, actually, um, we all like to think we know who should be picked. And we all say, oh, it should be the players on form. But if you're the manager, you're going to pick players who you can trust, aren't you? Naturally, you're going to pick players who've built that relationship, built that trust, who you know, uh, who you see in training week in, week out. Well, not week in, week out, because you can't exactly that's the point so you're going to pick the players you can trust because you can't see the players week in week out and that's probably why you see the likes of Trippier getting involved even even at left that's probably why you see sterling because he's been a, he's been consistently good for england for southgate for for a period of time that's why we see Phillips, because every time he's put on an england shirt he's given a decent account of himself so there is a i think there is method in sticking with what you particularly when you go to tournaments do you yeah. want to know what you're going to get because the scrutiny is so high you know you need to have you need to feel trust don't you with the people on the pitch oh
0: 100% yeah 100% and and as you say I I really do hope that we see Phillips play again and, and keep his place in the next few games uh, I don't know what you think about Trippier do you think he'll
1: he'll keep his place at left back or well really
0: else
1: do, do, yeah I th- I think um of course, obviously, for, for time-bound relevance, this will go past Scotland game, so we don't know. I mean, it maybe if you listen to this after the Scotland game, you probably see it as like a uh, an oracle of some kind. If I can maybe try and predict the entire level, probably won't do that because that's a fool's game. <laughs> yeah, um, but if I was thinking now, you know, the 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 for me, I thought it was a. Re- I know people are skeptical. I thought it was a really solid performance against a decent Croatia team, albeit not one as good as. There's a few years, 2018, because no Rakitic. They like that midfield um, dynamism because it was just Modric. I don't think Kovačić and Brozović were as good on the ball, and they missed Rakitic's presence too. It was all Modric. So you get Modric out of the game. You stop Croatia before you had Rakitic, who could do it. Mandzukic threat, just an absolute... It's a little
0: bit of a disservice to, to Kovačić and Brozović. I think they're both good on the ball. They're just maybe not the level.
1: That's, uh, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think <laughs> they they did. I get... think I.
0: What I mean by that is that their midfield will outplay the majority of teams at the Euros. Yeah, uh, both, yeah. Both of the teams in the group, I would imagine.
1: But when you consider how Rakitic and Modric could dominate games, I don't think Kovacic does dominate games of this calib standard to yes, the same yeah. standard. And obviously, Mandzukic was just an absolute nuisance as a striker, and they they just lacked that 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 um I think definition in attack. Obviously, you've got Rebic and you've got other players out there who can certainly deliver, but Mandzukic was just an absolute nightmare yeah. for anyone
0: to deal with, wasn't he? And Generally, I think the team, that team, the, the entire Croatian team, is just kind mm. of aging a little bit too much. Mm. This Creech really starting to show. I mean, the fact that Vida's starting,
1: he was too old at the World Cup. Yeah. So
0: the fact that he's still starting, it's just...
1: No Sabasic either. In goal. Hmm? No Sabasic yeah. in goal. No Lovren, but he was he's still in the squad, but... He you know, wasn't available for that game, so it was weaker. I feel like the general consensus from that game, England was stronger than 2018 by a distance, Croatia were weaker. Yeah. Uh, but it was still quite. I mean, it was a one-nil game, it was a comfortable one-nil game. England never really looked like conceding, it was it was com controlled performance. Um, and I think I I was I was quite impressed with how they managed the game. I really was. Um, and you you just to answer your question from before. I think if I was guessing, I would expect Southgate to almost go with the same eleven against Scotland because the really? vibes are high. I don't think Maguire will be back. You don't want to tinker too much on the left. Now Mings is there and he just, he's just is sort of happy with Trippier as his as his pal in at left back. Yeah. Um yeah, I, but- I
0: think it's it's different. It changes whether Maguire is fit or not, doesn't it? The one thing I would mention though is that Scotland played today and they, they play with a lot of width and they look Quite dangerous down down the wide set areas, particularly the left. Maybe not so much the right. Mm. Uh, so it's it's less of a worry for Trippier on the left. Mm. But that is maybe one concern is that as he's got a weaker left foot, it, mm. it might be an issue if they are uh, driving down the,
1: the the the
0: really wide areas.
1: Possibly, and they do play with the wing backs. Although Robertson will be on Walker's side, so that's the main threat, isn't it? I would say. Tierney wasn't available for uh, Scotland in in the game against Czech Republic and uh, you know how much I love Tierney, and I think he will add a bit more to them if he does play it's against them. They've lost the, they've lost the best player. Yeah, but just to, just to sort of <laughs> just to sort of pre preempt uh, possibly if England do beat Scotland isn't it isn't if because they are it will be an interesting battle and results go the other way. I mean, well, for starters if England have six points they they are through. Uh, now, in that situation, given all I've talked about about um, you know fatigue and whatnot, I would play an entirely different eleven in the fi- in the final third in the third game against uh, yeah. the Czech Republic. I mean, not it's... just four changes; I would change all eleven players. Possibly keep Mings in because if Maguire's going to come back, possibly. But I, other it's than that, eleven yeah. eleven players. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's quite interesting, really.
0: I won't go into too much detail, but the, like the game theory of if you are, how do, if you do win the first two games, mm. then you can start thinking about who's going to come come through in your group and how yeah. many points they might be on. So, England letting say 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 England let the Czech Republic win that would put Czech Republic on six points. That could then knock out another team, mm. another team in third. It is, Croatia, I'd be surprised in that as well. I would. Yeah. Six points, six
1: points. Yeah, six points would basically be three, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, they'd be three. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that no, third place thing.
1: And yeah, I I, and also you've got the whole second place dilemma then as well. And it, to me it wouldn't matter. You get an easiest last sixteen if you got second. If you don't, you get a harder one, you win the group. Whatever. I think even, even if you get the last sixteen, you still play the uh one of the group of death who go through if they if mm-hmm. they go through hot five and the not hot five, the not. Hot. And the hot five. First of all, it's the hot five. So uh, hot five for the Euros. This is discounting England, obviously, for, for respect to all reasons, Ericsson and the whole thing that transcends the hot five that he's alive. And, well, that is meta. That's on another level. So it's excluding the whole the, the Ericsson situation. It's excluding England and, and, and the England match. So takeaways from the Euros top five hots and and they and they don't have to be in any order unless you've done that we put them in an order I've, I've got uh, five. ish ish okay uh well okay <laughs> if it's if it's getting marketed it might be in an order which I've thought about after but okay I'll let you go with one of your one of your top five so this is the top five next 15'll be the not top five then the hot five if we want to be down with the kids
0: Right, well, I, I can go in orders. OK, so my number one thing, really, was, as actually happened today, Patrick Schick, that that second goal that he scored, I think that that's a goal that you will remember in years to come. And there hasn't really been any performances that stand out quite to that level. Uh, with that goal, particularly against Scotland, for us as England fans, I think it's so crucial. Uh, I'm sure you saw it, obviously, from the halfway line. He, he chipped it over David Marshall. It was maybe a little bit too far out, but you can't take away from the finish. Really, really good.
1: Yeah. Um I had chic, and I can sort of extend that to goals, really. Uh, there's three that have stood out, really, for me. And again, it, this is just to expand on your point, really, because was the was probably the goal of the tournament so far. It was a remarkable effort. The bend, actually, if you watch it, it's on the turnover, really, and Scotland's defence sort of goes to mush. But at the same time... They're so high up, and Schick's not really going anywhere as such. He's sort of going to the side a little bit. And the bend that he gets on the ball, I think that sort of deceives Marshall even more, because Marshall's backpedalling, and it bends so much in the air that as he jumps to sort of get it, he's misjudging it completely because it's already bent another yard or so. Not too dissimilar, actually, as a little segue to Yarmolenko's goal. Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko. uh, against the Netherlands. Now Jarmelenko was frustrating me throughout the game. He was getting into good positions and he wasn't making the most of it. Uh, some West Ham fans would argue that's sometimes the story of his of his West Ham career that he gets he, he's got all this promise, all this talent and then he's so frustrating. But this was incredible. He just not closed down by any of the Netherlands midfielders given an opportunity to cut in on his left, bending an unbelievable shot around uh, Stekelenburg. It starts outside of the post, and it ends almost in the center of—well, not quite the center of the goal, but it's certainly not the corner. It bends so much, and Stecklenberg's diving reaches to the side of the post. And if it's if it doesn't bend anymore, he probably gets a hand on it. But it bends even further; it goes over him. So that was good. And then just—and then my other uh, goal, which was unbel- which I thought was amazing, it was Austria goal against Macedonia. Uh, comrade Liner uh, coming in from uh, the wing back position really effectively so with an unbelievable driven pass uh cutting out the entire macedonia defense and then liner coming in it looks like it's it's going such speed and it and it could easily skid off the pitch but he gets in just before it goes off hooks the volley right back across the goalkeeper and it, it it's a very very yeah uh, it's a beautiful finish it wasn't even goal of the day you'd argue that was leon malenko and a day later both of them were kind of outdone by by, um, by Chic, But I'll put there, instead of saying Chic and going the same as you, I'll say top quality goals from one of my, uh, yeah. one of my uh, top five. And there's been three, well, there's been more than three, but they're three standouts. Yeah. hmm Have you got another one? No, I, I think tech take turns, don't we? It's okay. Democracy. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, I went with mine, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my best individual performance so far that I've seen at least has been Romelu Lukaku against Russia, two goals. And I mean, I think the main reason I'm saying this is because I love the guy. I think he's such a top, top striker. And by performing so well on the international stage, which he has done consistently, I think he's really cementing his way into the top five strikes in the world. And I think that he's two well-taken goals, maybe... Maybe the first one gifted to him slightly, but two great
1: finishes and a, a great overall performance. Yeah, I think he. he there was a debate: is he the top five in the world? Um, very possible that he is. Um, yeah, it, there's so I many. Three, he's he's right up there. There's so many top levels. It's a, it's difficult. I think he was excellent against Russia. Again, I think Russia helped him out a little bit. I actually think the goalkeeper could probably do better on his second. And then the defender could certainly do better on his first, but um, he did do he did do particularly well actually. I was hoping in Ari whether to put Lukaku in actually. Uh, I do have him half in, but maybe just to to to, um, to mix it up, I'll go with my uh, with my backup uh, option because I have six, uh, and I'll go for a player who I think uh, you know. I, I I thought oh smashing it. Uh, and that's Goran Pandev, um, <laughs> Lord of Macedonia, uh, came into this tournament for the first time. In their, in their history, and uh, Goran Pandev, um, their most high profile player by a landslide, of yeah, course, yeah. very famous interplayer as well. And he became the second all scorer, uh, in, in the European Championships. Uh, first was uh, Ivica Vastic. Um, you're sorry, Vastic, I think, or oh, Vasich, I think, Vasic. what's his first name, Ivica, Ivica Vasich. Terrible, terrible pronunciation <laughs> um, but that was for austria against poland uh vasic vasic i'm going with vasic against uh, austria against poland apologies to vasic uh it was probably i can't even say that's before my time but he was uh he was 38 when he scored uh of called pandevs i think 37 still so not quite got the accolade for the the highest, but it was, but it was so lovely to see. I mean, it, it was handed to him on a platter. The Austria defense was awful, but I'm going to give it to Panda, but I'm also going to give it to Macedonia as a, as a double act because Macedonia, uh, North Macedonia, they're coming in as rank outsiders, no one expects them to do well. They actually beat Germany in World Cup qualifying, which people seem to forget, but it was a very, very big, flukish result. And they were ranked, they were not expected to do anything against Austria, and they had a really, really good game. Go. I mean, Austria got 1-3-1, uh, but they only won at the end. They only won at the end. Um, and it was, for me, they, they gave such a good account of themselves. They really, really did. Um, and it's all about expectations, isn't it? and And they, they've gone above their expectations. Well, you know what and it was as well? They they, they they tried to play out. They didn't even just sit deep and contain and kick it long and be awkward. They, they, did the, they, they tried to be organised, sure. He played a five at the back, but they tried to play out from that frame. And, you know, Pat and Dev as well, bless him. He's running, he's trying his best. He's not got the pace. He's not got the energy. He's, he's 37. Just trying to offer some experience up there. They don't have much pace in the team. I actually thought, special mention as well to um, Aljofsky, who was even a bit to be desired defensively. He's a free transfer in the summer, but going forward, I thought he offered so much energy as the, as the on on the, on the left-hand side. Uh, Leeds man, or maybe former Leeds man, if you get snapped up. But generally, yeah, I was just so impressed with how hard they tried to play football. Um, and uh, I was really sad when Austria's, Austria scored the, the the goals at the end. So, yeah, Pandem and North Macedonia on nice. it too. Yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned a team there in, in North Macedonia, another team that's maybe surprised some, not, not, all, not everyone. I think somewhere it's better than to do quite well, but Italy. I think on the, the opening night, they they really really impressed me. Actually, uh, I I hadn't completely disregarded them as an option to win, but I I certainly wasn't I putting them in the, same, in the same category as a Germany, Portugal, France. Uh it's funny do you say that
1: actually, Germany? Because like I said, you know, twenty not conceded goals since twenty twenty, not uh, lost a game since twenty eighteen. Yeah, but it's completely different, really, isn't it? Well, not really. So, you know, it is.
0: Well, playing in a tournament and playing your friendlies and your whatever the, the nations league is called, uh, but but generally, play for player, I don't think they're the level they have been in the past. It is the overriding point. But they were very good, particularly I think in Signe, Spino, were very very good. Yeah, uh, I thought generally Italy played very well, played good football, and, and were very sound.
1: Yeah, I, this is just before actually Germany, France, and, and Portugal really go, and I'm not really watching yeah, Spain it at the moment. History, but yeah. with that being considered, Italy for me would have been the most convincing team in the tournament so far by quite a distance. Turkey came into it. Everyone says Turkey were really bad. I mean, the first five minutes Turkey were outstanding defensively. They gave Italy no nothing to play with, very few chances, restricted the um, the attacking output. And it was generally just possession ball from Italy and they were struggling to carve them out. And fair play to Italy because in situations like that, how many times do we see the, the team worn down and then one counter-attack and boom, you're 1-0 down. It's a completely different affair. They were calm, they were composed, they carried on being patient and they got a bit of luck with their own goal. Sure. But um, yeah, I, I, I they, were, they were outstanding, particularly the midfield three. Uh, you know, Verratti's not even in there as well, which is which is which is another remarkable thing. And, and, and as some people said on Twitter, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, Barella was outstanding. Um, yeah, I think George. Barella's a player
0: who will go on to play for for the the real super clubs. I know he's already into but I think so he a Scudetto play, winning. Team. Might even make it make a move to Real Madrid this season mm. with Carlo Ancelotti at home.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I I touched Barella, you know, Jorginho, Loccoletti as well. Localetti coming in for for probably Verratti. I mean you'd argue, uh well, as many did argue, why would you why would you change that up? They were so dominant in the press, in the in the possession distribution. They were outstanding and uh Spinozola as well, you touched on him before. Absolutely uh, for me, my man of the match. He abs- and he was a right footer at left back. And he absolutely dominated that side. He absolutely dominated. Maybe that's why champion started. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe self he's
0: very much play. a very much a winger who's been turned into a left back uh, for, for the for the national team. So and I, it
1: worked really well because Turkey is yeah. so deep.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a thing. Maybe, maybe against a, a bigger side, it won't won't be quite as effective. But going
1: forwards, excellent. Yeah. In fairness to Turkey, I probably maybe touched on that a bit. I bit. I I do think everyone said how bad they were I just think Italy were outstanding and I actually thought in small patches it did look like they could play in small little in small little situations I just thought the final pass remember they're up against when they get to that defense Chiellini and Benucci they might be all but they are they are still fantastic defenders they're so why't you spend
0: warriors aren't they
1: so once you breach that midfield which was a difficult task because they were on it all three of them and the whole team the whole system they were just fantastic Italy running around like madmen. Uh, keeping the ball like even Madiman. um but once you get past all of that you've got and you've got a fantastic goalkeeper in Rumor. so again I did do, do yeah. sympathise a bit with Turkey because everyone was saying how bad they were but they were playing it at heavyweight
0: yeah
1: it's sometimes
0: difficult isn't it to kind of make assumptions after the first match might have to wait until they've played another side again just to, oh.
1: just to kind of just see what, what level each of these sides are at yeah Pe- people still make assumptions there don't they uh, yeah. they really do yep uh, Finland and Now it might, I don't think this is important because it's not because I feel sorry for the Finns because of all, of all the times the first European uh, to, European Championship win in their history um, and, and obviously it's happened in such a, such traumatic circumstances that will probably never be remembered for Finland's win. Now even the goal they scored, even even the goal they scored, you'd argue again as a, well. I touched on it before. It was it was sloppy defending. Michael probably should have saved it, but again, it's really, really sad because the poor poor and Palo, who heads the ball in he's 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 not going to you know even even when he wanted to sell, he wanted to jump, he wanted to celebrate, he yeah. wanted to rip the roof off the stadium with our knees off, but he couldn't because there was a there was an understanding that he probably might not have scored had it or 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 at least mm-hmm. he might have scored, but he didn't want to. Overdo it, knowing knowing what had just happened on the pitch. It was it was just completely, almost null and void. Then, but we've got to, taking all that aside as hard as it is, it's unbelievable achievement from Finland to do what they've done. Yeah, they absolutely. are a point away and against a bad Russia team, which they could you know an aging, old, haggard Russia team. They could get to the last sixteen of the European Championships. Yeah, a Russia team that isn't running quite as much as they did in the World Cup. Uh, we won't.
0: Going to too many reasons why. Uh, no, another one of my hots was actually Hradeke, Uh Obviously got the penalty save, which again, you can argue maybe would that have happened. It's so difficult to say that, but it was a great performance, a great penalty save. And yeah, as you say, Finland as a whole were, were very, very good.
1: Yeah. Number five, big game, Netherlands-Ukraine, outstanding. Way we want to see the football we played. Uh, not much to say really, other than it was uh, cataclysmic defending from both teams. It was one of those games, the systems, as Gary Neville said, went out of the window. But what a game, what an absolutely wonderful watch uh, in terms of an entity, from a pure entertainment point of view. Do Netherlands convince me? Not in the slightest. Uh, do you, you? I was slightly disappointed with the Ukraine. I thought they should have took more advantage of the whole situation, but they didn't. On the basis of that game being just a game, I thought was really good. And also Bouchan from the Ukrainian goal. He was absolutely world-class in the first half. Everyone said would sign him up. And then in the second half, his brother came on, his twin brother, because it was a <laughs> completely different performance. Definitely at fault for two goals, possibly could have saved all three. So it was a disaster for him. But um, brilliant, brilliant. Everything you want in a game. Wonder goals, defensive mistakes, uh, end-to-end like basketball, goalkeeping errors as well. Uh, come back from 2-0 down to 2-2 and then it's twitching again. So that's number five for me. And I missed it for work. gutting. Anyway, we're short on time.
0: So my last one is, is kind of a, a short one. Robin Olsen today. Tonight. The match is currently ongoing as we say this. So I can't I can't say say it for a fact, but it's currently nil-nil and he's had an absolutely fantastic game. Some amazing saves, particularly in the first half. That that
1: that sums out up really well. Uh, lots of lots of good things really from this tournament. Uh, maybe not so, lots of disappointing things. Okay. The five not hots, the five not hots. Yeah I mean where do we start here I'll go with uh I'll go with my first one being home nations outside of England so we've had Scotland we've had Wales who currently at present both lost their well Wales drew their opening home game Now, people say, oh you can't say that about Wales I just I don't know there was so much euphoria about the um the what they did at at the at the last year rose. Uh, you know, Hal Robson, Carnew, Sam Vokes from my team, that wonderful win against Belgium. Uh and the energy that they played with and the 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 fire in Gareth Bale's belly. And honestly the played Switzerland, they could have lost four or five one. You know, it wouldn't have been uh, unfair if they'd have lost four one. Switzerland were dominant and Bolo was excellent. Um and, and and probably could have had more. You know, he scored scored a good header, but you know he was you know, as I say, he 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 did really well. Switzerland dominated, particularly in the midfield. I couldn't believe it when the manager Petkovic took off Shakiri who was causing all kinds of problems, brought Zakaria on, great defensive midfielder, but completely changed the emphasis um, with with Switzerland. It gave gave Wales a bit of a route back in. Didn't look like they were going to score really. Then more with it with a trademark header in the box gets Wales a point. Don't for the life of me know how they got a point. And to be honest, I, you know, Rob Page has come into a really tough position with gigs not there. Um, oh, absolutely. But I don't think they'll get another point at the Euros. They do look so short. And I don't think that's his fault. I just think that I just think there's too many players that the big players aren't playing enough. They don't look sharp enough. Rams has been injured for a large period of the season. Bale's not featured for large periods of the season, two of the best players haven't really featured too much. Danny Ward was man of the match, tells you all you need to know and he's not played for Leicester for virtually the entire season only in a few cup games. You're not the unfair home advantage that they got a point. <laughs> well, no 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 that's another one, but home nations other than England I think is one of mine. Oh, my... so that's
0: that's sure. Your... Okay. Well, that yeah. And one.
1: Scotland as well, the so much endeavour, so much fight. I thought Scotland well, played well, you they know. did. But they just They'd like to, deserve punch. to win. <laughs> but they like to punch, and it's the opening to you know they don't go to these tournaments very often. They did play well. They fought so hard. It's just disappointing. Like you say, it's just disappointing that the, these opportunities don't come around very often. They missed. A, they missed some good chances. Conceded a wonder goal, but realistically, that was probably the easiest game they were going to face in the group. I actually thought they were going to win. Could have won. It just leaves that them. On, it leaves them on the risk of getting no points in a group. Um, you know, and they've got some good players there. They do. They really do. Tom and I, Roberts and didn't play, but he's there, of course, as well. Armstrong, John, John Che Adams came on. Don't know why he didn't start. Obviously. That's
0: actually, that's actually my first not is Che no, Adams not starting because no. I think he's a, a level above uh Lyle. I've forgotten his second name now. Lyle. Anyway, uh, I just don't Yikes. think that they're, yes, that's the one.
1: I just don't think they're the level. Good knowledge. That, he offers. I was shocked too. Again, I don't think he's necessarily set the Premier League on fire, but he's, he's done quite well. So, good player. He's a hard worker, particularly in front too, and, and problematic for defenders, very, very quick, you know, and, and particularly good at holding the ball up as well. So, yeah, I think I was a bit surprised. Yeah, you, t- you brought me on nicely, actually, to unfair home advantage, to, it's bizarre. I don't know how they picked this. Germany played all of their home games, all of their group games at home, in Germany. England, play all of their games at home, at Wembley. The whole idea behind this tournament is, it's to expand the tournament, isn't it? It's to give more, supposedly, it's to give more people the opportunity to attend football matches, I suppose, across the board. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't especially during a pandemic, it's even more stupid, but, um, or maybe it's not, because you'd argue that one country that does host it is a is a spreader. There's something about the country where it's held where people rally... I, I remember the World Cup in South Africa because it was in South Africa. I remember that. You know, the uh, Boozellers, finally Johannesburg, Paul Bafana, Bafana, Paul Bafana, Peter Drury. Uh, exactly. I remember things about the place. Arguably the Euros, there's a bit less to choose from, I suppose, in the World Cup. But I like getting the camaraderie around the, the time when it happens. I like that we all see all these new venues, we see all these new countries in a new light, some of which we've never seen before. You know, it gives it a country to new exposure, probably helps, it helps the economy massively as well, of that country. The obvious advantage, unfair advantage it gives to certain teams playing at home in their own country, Germany and England being two off the top of my head that I know are, are playing it on the home country. I don't think it's particularly good anyway from the, from the tournament's perspective itself, aside from the unfair advantage, I like the host nation. I think it's all confusing, and, and no one can tell me a good reason why teams are playing at home. I no, this, was, why? this was actually one of my knots as well. Well,
0: I think they were doing it for, for the 60th anniversary. Uh, well, exactly. Exactly. It, it doesn't make too much sense. I, although, the, I mean, there were arguments that maybe they should have held it all in one country because of COVID.
1: But then it's a super then, spreader for that country, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's. That's the thing. How would you work around it in that scenario? Because yeah. there's a lot of countries that won't let let people in, and it, see, it does also seem a bit of a a little bit of a waste to kind of be traipsing around all of Europe when there is a, a, a pandemic on. I mean, some people like it. I don't. Don't like
1: it. So, it <laughs> should have had it all in England. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just just in any country, really. I know Austria's hosted it in the past. Because you got the Netherlands. What a fantastic stadium that is. Uh, which we saw the uh, Johann Cruyff Arena in, in action uh, hosting the uh, Netherlands-Ukraine game, you know, just just it, it, you're right. It's difficult in the current situations. I hope when it comes around to the next Euros, it's in a host country. I don't, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like the fact that certain teams are playing certain more home games than others, and there doesn't seem to be really much of a method to it. Because I thought it was because oh, the bigger teams would be having it, but then why is France not playing all their games in France? You know, do you know what I mean? It just doesn't. It the, the algorithm's messed up. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, yeah number 3 and I'm going to go for go for one of the teams yeah I'll go for Russia um Russia just well I mean you can you can't say it's not been coming really for a while because Russia are, you know they they've had some very good players over the past they still play with Juba up front big Juba mm-hmm. I mean he is he's a, he's a he veteran did. and a half isn't he he's a veteran and a half he's um yeah, it, it, seems, it seems every tournament that we see, we see big Juba up front um, leading the live Russia. But it's a sign, really, that they just aren't evolving. They've still got so many players. I mean, Yuri Zhurkov played, didn't he? I think he came up, but Yuri Zhurkov had played less than a, was it less than eighty minutes all season uh, for for his club. So it doesn't, you know, when, when players are when players are starting and they they virtually not kicked a ball for an entire campaign. It doesn't fill you with much confidence when you're going out there. And I know some of the, apparently some of the Russian fans haven't taken too kindly to the lack of, um uh, well, to the, to the, to the full emphasis on all, on older veteran players who've, ne- who've potentially served them well in the past. You know, recently, of course, they did they did quite well uh in the, in the, in the last Euros, I believe. They did okay. Might be thinking well, of the they World did Cup. very well in the World Cup. Cup. I'm thinking of the yeah. World Cup. Uh, where they hosted it, of course?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, there was certainly suspicions on that, particularly with the running figures. I mean, yeah. some of the players overperformed yeah. compared to how they performed at club level and have done since. I think Golovin, Golovin got his move, didn't he, to, to Monaco based off his World Cup performances and he, he's done nothing since. No. But there's certainly some something
1: weird with the World Cup. I think that's maybe the outlier more than this. Oh, no, Akin though. Devastated I was knacking really, I was well never started to like pushing it but uh you know you're looking through the you look through the rushes and it gives you it reminds you it's a throwback to you know the old and the, the good old days when you could do what you want normally messing but uh <laughs> these days they do they do, they do, have, they do have me uh they are like a throwback team remind you of the past and uh no I can fail like no but juba juba yeah I, I saw him playing I couldn't and jerkov starting jerkov i was thinking jerkov what are you what are you doing but yeah, uh, just generally lethargic. They looked old. They looked tired. They looked weary. They looked Against a good Belgian team, though. Against a good Belgian team that had injuries. Eden Hazard didn't start. Still a good, still a good, good team. Still a good team. Kevin De Bruyne didn't start, But you could, I mean, they gave them the win. They gave them it, you know, giving, giving Hazard, the, giving Hazard, giving Lukaku a chance like that in the early minutes. And then the Mernier uh, goal as well. It was just embarrassing, just the ball into the box, how they made a hash of it. Finishes mm-hmm. it off and then Lukaku at the end as well. I suppose that's a breakaway, so uh, they happen, but yeah, Russia disappointing for me.
0: Yeah, mm. uh, well, uh, a little bit of a throwaway one, really, but cause, you know we've all been, already been through it, but just having to play the, the Danish team having to play straight after the incident, I think that's probably the worst thing so far throughout the tournament. Mm. Uh, obviously, the fact that he went down. <laughs> Bad, but we're not going to speak too much about that no. again. But, but yeah, as I say, the fact that they did have to play uh, and they had that ultimatum, uh, as you've said, that Schmeichel came out and said since that they had three options. Uh, yeah, I just think that's so badly done, uh, and it, it, we couldn't really say the the have-nots without without that being on there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've gone with Robert Lewandowski. Um, no oh. goal uh, at the year. Your... No, it's not really Lewandowski's fault, but. Obviously, uh, no goal in the European Championships, uh, I believe. Um, He is, well, you feel for him. You do because he, you know, he's a phenomenal player, probably the best striker in the world. But again, that is what he is. He is a goal scorer out and out, can link the player quite well. But just unfortunately, Poland just worked, they're just not giving him the sp- service, giving him the space. And I'll put Lewandowski on this list because more more for the fact that it's it's just so sad for him because just so well for his club. He's had good Polish teams in the past, better ones than the ones he, on, on show now, uh, for sure. But again, difficult. The fact that he can't influence the game, the fact that he can't really rouse his nation, in the way that maybe other superstar forwards can. Uh, Maybe you look to him a little bit, but again, it's a bit of both. I don't think the Polish team's particularly good. Uh, And and Lewandowski is an out-and-out centre-forward. He's not. Maybe Harry Kane does and and so on.
0: It's difficult when your best player is a centre-forward for them to truly get a grip on it sometimes, I think. Uh, Because you're almost reliant on chances being created for you. And I I think if chances are created for him, he, he will continue to bag goals. and then you maybe look at Croatia whose best player has been Modric and he's been able to grab the game by the scuff of the neck over the years a little bit harsh in him I think but yeah it it wasn't a great game
1: for him no it's more about the team around him really but it's when you are the world's best striker and I use the Kane example when Kane's not getting the ball he drops deep he gets involved you know really Mm -hmm. deep and obviously they are different I think Kane Jose Mourinho said he could be a number 10 in the central midfielder as well but Again, I just suppose when you see these elite players, probably Lewandowski, get into a World 11, you just think, can he drop the? Can he do something? Can he inspire? Can he rouse? Can do more? And he can't. But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily his detriment to him. It's who he is. It's what he is. You put him in a team with creators, he'll get you lots and lots and lots of goals. So maybe a bit yeah. it.
0: Uh Well, I already mentioned Che Adams not starting. Another one not starting was Gerard Moreno, scored over 30 goals this season. And then you're starting Alvaro Morata, who's had not a bad season himself. He's an OK striker, but I think if you're scoring 30 goals, you should be starting, mm. uh, particularly up front for Spain. Uh, they've not scored. It's been they've been held to a nil-nil draw against Sweden just mm. now. Mm. I think it's a lot easier for me to put this on that on yeah. that on the list, having uh, with them not scoring. But yeah, I, I would hope to see him start in the coming games
1: because I think he's a really good player as well. Mm. Yeah. No it's a fair point, I g yeah, I suppose um yeah, uh yeah, it's a, I suppose with Murata, though, you get the you get the the link up, the you
0: get that with moreno as well, though really, he's maybe not quite the the number nine that's gonna mm. hold the ball up, but I think he's got good link up,
1: yeah, and no,
0: sides are going to keep the ball themselves anyway,
1: yeah again uh maybe a bit harsh for this one, I'm going with the individual again, probably, I'm gonna go uh with. Uh, Bouchan, I think, uh, in the in the Ukraine goal, um, essentially, half, yeah, Bouchan in the second half. He again got he convinced everyone he should be on the summer transfer list because he did an unbelievable save. I think, think it's from Wijnaldum, uh I think. And it was a rocket shot and it took a deflection he's going the wrong way and he gets a strong wrist to it. And it's remarkable reflexes, remarkable strength in his left left hand makes a one-on-one save as well. At one point. And I was it, was it, where course was it Memphis? I'm not quite hundred percent sure to be honest with you, but he was really, really good. And then, you know, in that second over, I don't, I just think his twin brother came and go, I couldn't <laughs> believe what, what I was seeing. Um, Obviously, the first goal makes a hash of the cross and Wijnaldum finishes it well. Uh Weghorst, uh with a prodded finish after some poor defending. He gets a big leg to the ball. I'm not blaming him for that, really, because the defence were all over the show. But when you get a big leg to the ball, you probably want to divert it away from goal as opposed to into the top corner. And then when it gets to 2-2 and his team are on the up and the Netherlands are rocking... He did a ridiculous, no, he wasn't looking. He he played the ball wide across the floor in his defensive third, straight to the Netherlands, ball comes in, Dumfries comes in uh, from the other side, heading the ball. It's fairly central again. I think he can save it, really, but he shouldn't even be putting himself in that situation. Um, Yeah. Yeah. His second-half performance solely. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair enough. Uh, Lastly, for me,
0: you've already mentioned it quickly. Turkey and that's maybe just because expectations again we we mentioned it before it's all about expectations really and I was just expecting them to put up more of a fight but as we mentioned it was against a really good Italy team yeah so hopefully Turkey can pull it out a little bit more Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah they were I think they were disappointing for me because I was expecting them to play better than they did.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I had Turkey there, but then when I I, I realised in the in the previous section, I actually praised Turkey uh, and said, so I couldn't really have them mm-hmm. in here. So I thought, well, actually, we'll go to Bouchan. But yeah, no, that rounds that off. That's a, that's a summary of the Euros uh, in generally. Also, Copa America's going on right now, but it's too much going on right now, and Copper America comes on at unsociable hours. Um, we did watch different- Brazil last night, actually. It's a good did? game, yeah. Oh, well, but- I
0: watched it for Richarlison until he got subbed off around 60 minutes. Ah, quite a uh, good
1: performance. What- Oh, well good good for you. Jordan can afford those unsociable hours with his uh more yeah. Well, I I'd just finished work and yeah. then Oh hard graft was it? Yes, actually. Oh well there you go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I uh, I couldn't because I was I was I was up very early. So uh that's just that's just the, the the faculties of life. Um but be sure to subscribe and review. Review nicely, give star ratings, give nice comments. That's, that's really appreciated. Some lovely reviews on there um, thus far. Sometimes that don't always appear to me, but that's uh, that's the problem with technical issues uh, and, and different regions of different platforms. It's all very confusing, but do subscribe, do review and do follow at 15mothpod, where Jordan would probably, probably be answering those tweets. Uh, actually, if it's a DM, it's probably me because I'm polite and good with my grammar. Uh, if it was a, if it's a tweet, it's probably, you don't know how to use an apostrophe, mate. If if yeah Mr. Be, English be, degree, Mr. English degree. But if it's Jordan, he will probably be doing tweets about polls. If the good polls are probably mine, or if you want to follow at the Johnny Bentley, then please do so. Uh, you know, good, 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 good quality content on there, as always. And please, please, please do enjoy the European Championships. We're living in crazy times at the moment. Enjoy the European Championships, enjoy Copper America. You don't get this chance very often. We're getting it more often now, World we'll Cup next next Christmas, but you get the drift. Enjoy, stay safe, keep watching the football and keep listening to Fifteen Moth and following my tweet. Thank you very much.